This episode of Enough is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace have come back to join us again on the 70 Decibels Network for June, and we're so happy about this. Uh, Squarespace gives you everything you need to create an amazing professional website by utilizing simple-to-master WYSIWYG tools, and we're really happy that we get to keep telling you about them this month. A recent addition to Squarespace that we've spoken about in the past is their new domain service. With every annual account, you get a free custom domain name that they will painlessly enable on your site. You don't need to worry about making any DNS changes. Squarespace take care of everything on the back end. All you need to do is pick a name that's available. And if you want an email address for this new domain, Squarespace will hook you up with Google Apps integration right out of the box. No need to worry about MX records and all the mess that comes with it. You say what you want and they'll hook you up. Squarespace have created the ultimate package to start in your next website, blog, or project. It's painless and hassle-free, starting at only $8 a month. You should go check it out at squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels and start your two-week free trial, no credit card required. And if you sign up, make sure to use the code 70 decibels 6 at 6 for the month of June. So that's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-6. Use that at checkout and you get 10% off. It's also let Squarespace know that we sent you they're a great support to the network and if you support them they'll continue to support us and we can continue making the great shows you love now let's get on with this episode of enough hey there michael hello sir how are you dude i'm all right that's cool that you sound you sound chill you know i am kind of chill today i don't know what it is um my, my toes feeling a little bit better so excellent so I'm, I'm starting to get kind of excited uh for that i started off the you know getting excited for like getting back to like i don't know walking for long distances if not running um again uh it's a beautiful beautiful day here um it's uh, 85 degrees fahrenheit um, and no, I'm not going to try to do the Celsius in reverse. That's warm. really difficult. Nice, nice and warm is yeah, probably the well, correct conversion. Yeah, yeah, actually, that would be, I'm thinking, about 28, 29? I'll believe you. Whatever okay, you say. I don't know. You see, you got to do the conversion while I finish talking about why I'm so chill. Um, and uh, and also, I started off the day uh, the day right. I've I've I've, I've eaten very well um, and uh, had a, a very nice, uh, very healthy lunch. Um, and uh, started off the day with a hundred push-ups. So I'm feeling, you know, feeling fit, feeling in shape, which is the perfect segue to introduce our guest. Yes. Mike, who do we have with us? You do the you do the honors. We have with us today, uh, Mr. Andrew Marvin, who is um, a, a friend of yours, Pat. I, w- I would hasten to say. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hello, Andrew. Uh, How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Very good. Very good thing. I've nice to say. Heard it there. To my ear, you sound quite a lot like David Sparks. Just putting that out there. Oh well, that's that's a, a quite a compliment. I can hear yeah. that. There's there's something in yeah, your voice. Yeah, you're right. There's a bit of Sparky in there. <laughs> you got that spark. Oh, that's terrible. The the a max work. spark. Oh, we we shouldn't um. be allowed to make puns. I don't know why. I don't know why I think I'm allowed to do it. They're always horrible. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Uh, so uh, so Andrew has I've, I mentioned him on the show before. Uh, his uh, site is Quarter Life Engagement. Um, is that correct? It's enlightenment, uh, actually. Enlightenment. Sorry, quarter yeah. life, <laughs> okay. enlightenment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, enlightenment, engagement. You want to be engaged with your enlightenment anyway. So, you know. Well, yes, I've always happen. said that. 
Yeah. So, uh, but uh, he, I, I mentioned him a couple of times before because he wrote a really great post on uh, on barefoot running that I uh, mentioned on a couple of the shows that were topically related to that. Um, but also within that post uh, was uh, some talk of, um, of paleo and good paleo resources. And at the risk of turning this into, uh, you know, our becoming, uh, I don't know, more like the host of some other radio network who's big into paleo. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought, um, <clears throat> uh, I thought I, I wanted to have him on to discuss it just simply because it is uh, – I almost say almost a lifestyle. It's not just a diet. It's almost yes. a lifestyle that I am intrigued by, mm-hmm. somewhat skeptical of, but skeptical in that sort of mm, curious, mysterious sort of way. Sure. And, um, but, but I see a lot of, a lot of good simplicity there, um, when it comes to food preparation, when it comes to eating, um, I, I like the general idea of, of, um, bringing, bringing together, um, food in that very holistic way um, or, or I should say approaching food in that very holistic way and so I, I just I wanted to find out more about it so uh, here here's Andrew to tell me all about it <laughs> so first of all Andrew uh, just kind of you know give the overview of uh, what the idea behind you know paleo is you know, I sure it's become kind of a buzzword um, yeah well the the paleo diet and also related the primal blueprint um, is a it is exactly like you say Patrick it, it's more of a lifestyle than it is a, a diet and basically it stems from the belief that humans have been evolving for for a couple million years or whatever it is and during that time we evolved to eat and live and exist in a certain way and you know survival of the fittest and all that and so what it basically says is that we should be eating and um, sort of living as our ancestors did because that way of living and eating is what has allowed our species to uh, survive for these millions of years. And um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the, uh, the overall mindset. And we can talk a little bit about the specifics of the diet and the do's and don'ts and stuff if you like. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to talk about that because um, – so – I have uh, recently in training for a grower challenge, just getting in better mm-hmm. shape in general and mm-hmm. losing the 20 or so pounds that I have, awesome. uh, you know, and reducing my waistline. Um, I have um, not, obviously, not strictly paleo, um, but certainly a lot of the changes that I made. Um, going more towards um, uh, good proteins and good fats, right? Um, you know, cutting down the carbs, cutting, cutting, you know, pretty much cutting them out, cutting out the sugars, uh, you know, at least from a 
um, you know, refined sugar point of view, Mm -hmm. um, refined flour point of view, uh, going more towards, uh, towards grains, um, and whole grains, um, to replace, uh, some of that nutrition. Um, uh, I found that, you know, whenever I happen for some reason to tweet a picture of my, of my lunch, I get a lot of people responding to me saying, hey, are, you must be doing paleo. You know, because it's like a typical lunch for me is like a lunch I had today. So today I had avocado egg salad. Awesome. Which basically is an avocado for, you know, three boiled eggs <laughs> that I chopped up, mix in a bowl, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Boom, done. That's it. Avocado mm-hmm. egg salad. Right. And, uh, you know, that's full of protein, full of healthy fat. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's things like that that when I talk about them, when I mention them, I get a lot of feedback from folks saying, oh, you know, is, that's kind of paleo. Are you doing that sort of thing? I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to eat right. <laughs> right. Um, so, it, let's get into a little bit of the specifics. What are kind of the, 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 the do's and the don'ts from, uh, you know, more specific perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would say that the, the biggest thing with paleo and primal is no grains. And that's ah, kind of a, dis- okay. that's, yeah, that's kind of a discrepancy um, because people tend to think of it as a low carb diet, which mm-hmm. it sort of is, but at the same time, it's not no carb mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of you don't want any carbohydrates. You do want carbohydrates. You just want significantly less than the average person uh, thinks that they need. Gotcha. And the, the primary way of, of lowering your carbohydrate intake is by uh, eschewing grain, grains and grain-based products. At all? Uh, Even whole grains? Um, correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and you get uh, – but that doesn't mean you're not having any carbohydrates because you still get the required carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables – um, primarily, and the other foods that you eat. But um, most of, I think the conventional wisdom is that people, you know, thrive on carbohydrates and they need lots of them because carbohydrates equal energy. And based on the primal uh, or paleo way of thinking, you actually need significantly less carbohydrates uh, unless you're like a hardcore athlete. You actually need mm-hmm. far less carbohydrates than, uh, than we're typically told. Yeah. So by eliminating grains, uh, that really cuts down your uh, your carbohydrate intake. And I think according to um, the Primal Blueprint, which is a, a subdivision of paleo, um, you only need between 100 and, f- 100 and 150 grams of carbohydrates is kind of like the sweet spot. And if mm. you, the, more, the more you lower that, uh, the easier and more effortless uh, the weight loss is supposed to be. Okay. So grains, grains is the big thing. It's not um, low carb so much as it's no grains. That's that would be the biggest uh, thing. And then beyond the no grains part, it's obviously it's a lot of healthy proteins, uh, healthy fats, and fruits, vegetables, meat, fowl, nuts, some seeds, and and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and and so okay, so so no grains, mm-hmm. getting most of your carbohydrates from. From you know fruits and vegetables, right? Are there particular fruits and vegetables that are um, you know kind of especially good, uh, kind of considered staples? Uh, and I, I can I assume that includes beans of some sort too, or not? 
Well, beans are kind of actually in a gray area. There are several gray areas that you kind of need to experiment with on a personal level and determine if they work for you or not. Okay. Um, beans are a good source of carbohydrates. They're certainly better than bread, you know, than eating a loaf of bread with dinner. Um, I personally don't eat beans just because I don't like them very much. Um, but beans are actually a good way, uh, a good source of sort of the extra carbohydrates. If you are an athlete and you do train on a regular basis and you need uh, a little bit more than the average person, beans are a good way to go. And I know that, um, Tim Ferriss, who does the slow carb diet, uh, advocates a lot of beans and lentils, which is, um, different, uh, slightly one of the differences between slow carb and, and the paleo diet. So okay. if beans work for you, you know, there are far worse things that you could be eating, but they're certainly not an essential part of paleo. Hmm. Okay. So paleo, we're mainly talking meat, fruit, vegetable. That's, you know, and nuts, nuts, where do nuts fall? Yeah. Nuts are great. Uh, yeah. they're a great source of, they're, they can be very filling and, uh, great source of healthy fats. The only problem with nuts is, and this is a thing that I struggle with on an almost daily basis, is that they can be very addictive, especially if you get um, you know, nuts with sea salt or something. It can be easy to have more than just a small handful. And because yeah. they're so calorically dense, yeah. you have to be careful that you don't overeat when it comes to well, nuts. Well, and also I would imagine because they're they're really all over the board, right? Like the mm -hmm. the nutritional value in a cashew is going to be different than the nutritional value in a walnut, for instance, right. or right. Uh, you know, or or a sunflower seed, right? You know that you you kind of have this wide, you know, kind of varied uh, swath of uh, possibilities there, and. Because of that, I would imagine you have to be a little bit more careful into knowing what what nuts are better. You know, I wouldn't say necessarily better than others because they're they're all good, but mm -hmm. you know, there are some that are better than others. And and uh, there's a particular one that I know uh, uh, Ferris is a big fan of, and I can't remember which one it is. I but, think it's uh, yeah. He mentions Brazil the, nuts. The, the, oh, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Brazil nuts, uh, or and it was a, there was like a Kona nut or Kona, I forget. In any case, I digress. All right, so fruits, veggies, nuts, and meat. Lots of meat because we know that our our caveman ancestors they hunted down uh, things and killed them and ate them raw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great workout in doing so. Right, it, until fire came along, at which point they realized, oh, we can cook the death out of these meats as well. Um, and so, um, that said, <clears throat> I guess part of the disconnect I have is this idea, uh, well, okay, it's twofold. Number one, how much do we really know about our, about? cavemen and what they ate and what they didn't eat and stuff like that. And I would imagine that it was completely different. No matter all over the world and the different areas of the country, it was basically like, you know, or what we now call our country. Um, uh, but um, it was basically whatever was available within a, say, five to ten mile radius was what you ate. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, I mean, I'm not an anthropologist by any means, but I think that, and I think 
one of the reasons that you're kind of intrigued by paleo in terms of the simplicity is that when you kind of think about sort of sort of from a common sense sort of perspective, like what would our ancestors have available to them? They certainly wouldn't have, you know, box cereal and ice yeah. cream and candy bars and that sort of thing. Right. But uh, at the same time, you know, how likely do you think it would be for a caveman to be walking through a field and pick up, you know, pluck some wheat and start chewing on that, you know? So when you right. think about it, it seems like, you know, meat, obviously, uh, with the hunting and stuff, and then fruits and vegetables and, you know, mushrooms and berries and all kinds of things that they could find. When you think about it from that sort of natural, common sense sort of perspective of what would have been available to a caveman, it lines up pretty well with what the paleo diet uh, advocates. Yeah, okay, all right. And so, <clears throat> coming, you know, coming back, how... How did you get interested in in you know paleo primal? Did you you know how did you jump on the uh, popular bandwagon fad diet of the moment? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it actually started off quite a few years ago now. I suppose in uh, probably two thousand nine, and it's kind of interesting because up until that point, um, I had never been health conscious at all. I mean, I've been in the martial arts since I was uh, nine years old or so, but I never uh, put any thought into, you know, what I ate. I was always in the in the mindset of, you know, life is too short, so go ahead and have your ice cream and stuff. Um, and it wasn't until I actually broke up with a girlfriend and that I, and, you know, when that sort of thing happens, you kind of have to find things to distract yourself. So, um, so what I decided to do was that I would start, uh, you know, start and take care of myself a little bit more. And um, part of that happened at the tail end of college, because when you go to college, you you uh, tend to take better care of yourself. At least I did. You tend to take better care of yourself than you did when you were living at home mm-hmm. because you have to, because there's nobody else there uh, looking out for you. So I decided to uh, to start you know, working out a little bit more regularly and start watching what I eat. And I wasn't really interested in any, any diets. I didn't really know anything about them. My, a couple, uh, friends of mine had done Weight Watchers and it just never seemed, seemed like a lot of work and it didn't seem particularly interesting, uh, to me. And then I forget exactly how I stumbled across, uh, the Primal Blueprint, which is, uh, Mark Systems website, marksdailyapple.com. But I think I, I stumbled across it somehow, as you do on the internet, and uh, just started reading about it. And like so many other people, it just made sense to me from the beginning. From the beginning, just when I started reading about it and the philosophy behind it, and how it wasn't a restrictive diet so much as it was a way of thinking and a way of living and a lifestyle. Like you said, uh, it just seems like this is something that I could do because it makes sense to me. It wasn't somebody. I mean, somebody was telling me about it, but it wasn't, you know, like somebody on TV telling me that this is the way you're supposed to eat. Um, it, I mean, it was in a sense, but it also I understood and I uh, it made sense to me. It wasn't I wasn't just taking his word for it. I was like, yeah, that makes sense when you think about it from an evolutionary perspective. And so I, I tried it and uh, tried it for a while and you know, through a, a few ups and downs and eventually kind of adopted it full time. 
and uh, it's been great. I really, I really love it. So you've, you pretty much, I mean, you're, you do paleo, like you don't cheat, you don't, uh, you know, you don't have any days where it's like, ah, well, you know, ah, an ice cream's not going to kill me. Well, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means. Um, and you, that's one of the things that you sort of have to wrestle with. And one of the things that, um, Mark Sisson advocates is this thing called the 80, 20% principle, wherein if you, if you try to shoot for a hundred percent perfection, um, number one, you're probably going to fail in your, in your quest to be perfect all the time. So if you shoot for a hundred and you end up, uh, being primal, uh, 80% of the time, then you're doing quite well and certainly significantly better than the majority of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I tend to do is when I have control over uh, the situation, like if I'm at home or if I'm determining, in other words, if I'm not a guest in somebody's house or if it's mm-hmm. not a special occasion or something like that, then uh-huh. I'm pretty strict with my with the, with the eating aspects of it. But you know, if it's my cousin's, my little cousin's graduation party and she's got cake or it's a birthday party or, you know, I'm a guest in somebody's house and you know, they've made a meal for me. I'm not going to be rude in my rejection because it's not paleo. You know, I might limit my portions, you know, subtly, but, uh, yeah. So, so there are, um, off days that you just Mm kind of have to roll with it. But then the important thing is that after that, uh, cheat meal is over that you just step right back on the, uh, the primal path as it were. Yeah. One of the ideas that I, I know, um, you know, Ferris discusses in the four hour body and I I've, I've read other places is this idea that, uh, like the 80, 20 rule that it's actually important to build in almost, some cheat days, some yeah. days where you, you know, say, okay, I'm just going to, you know, because what happens is your body gets very used to repetition, mm-hmm. right? And if you're eating the same sorts of things all the time, your body will be like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is the new normal. Right. And that it actually helps to to shock it every once in a while, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, uh, basically to, to, to say, okay, I haven't had sugar for, uh, you know, uh, for a week. Let me eat a bowl of ice cream just to, you know, just to shake things up a bit. And that mm-hmm. your body actually thrives on that kind of, um, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, shock to the routine. Yeah. Because then that's what kicks these things that, you know, combat against, uh, you know, weight gain and, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of, it helps to, huh, what did I say? Jumpstart the metabolism as it were. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm an English major, so I, I have a very hard time remembering and regurgitating the science behind these, uh, mm-hmm. sort of theories, Me too. but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you have to have those, uh, you have to treat yourself once in a while. Otherwise, you know, you'll go insane. So for peace of mind, I mean, every once in a while, you just got to kind of step off the path for a little while. And then I think that there is, there's definitely something to the idea of giving your body some healthy stress. Um, Mm -hmm. So like you said, if you're paleo uh, 80% of the time and once in a while, you know, you give your body a little shock. I mean, in the long run, that's probably good for it. It's sort of like um, 
sprinting is one of the uh, one of the exercises that the primal blueprint advocates, and that is a form of healthy stress on the body. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, you're uh, you're pushing yourself very hard for a short amount of time, and uh, in the long run, you know it's better for you. Same thing with something like a cold shower is a form of mm-hmm. healthy stress on the body. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's uncomfortable, but it's uh, good for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, cheat meals kind of fall into that same category. And again, I don't, I don't know the science behind it, and I'm sure some of your listeners do. So I apologize if I offend any of them. But uh, yeah, if you um, once in a while, if you if you jumpstart the, uh, excuse me, not jumpstart, but if you uh, shock the system, I think uh, there's no harm in that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and finally, we're going to start wrapping up here. Um, I also notice there's a fair amount of intersection between. You know the you know kind of you know more hardcore stringent paleo folks as well as the barefoot running movement coming mm-hmm. from the same the same base idea which is yeah our our ancestors for thousands of years ran without Nikes and ran and just kind of you know some some basic. You know, buffalo hide sandals or something. You know, how, yep. you know why? Why shouldn't we be able to do that today? Right? right. If you look at the Olympians of ancient Greece and you know those that uh, you know invented the idea of the of the marathon, you know they were oftentimes running completely barefoot, or mm-hmm. you know if they wore anything, they wore sandals. Right. Right. Um, and it's that similar sort of idea that. You know, for thousands of years, we lived one way, and then in the last, you know, in the case of of running, the last fifty years or so, yeah, you know, we've we've decided that heavily padded running shoes are the way to go, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and 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 why, you know, why that shift, why that change, and why do we suddenly think that this is better? And what was the problem it was trying to solve? Yeah. Do do we? You know, would you say that there's a lot of that that same kind of motivation and intersection there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of the uh, again, I I tend to uh, lean towards the primal blueprint sort of uh, side of things, which is very similar to the paleo diet. It's all kind of under the same umbrella, but um, the primal blueprint advocates uh, just advocates a specific uh, exercise regimen, and um, which again is based on the same thought process as the diet that human beings have survived and thrived for millions of years um, without gym memberships and sneakers and things like that. And uh, Primal Blueprint Fitness advocates primarily a lot of uh, slow movement. So a lot of walking, uh, a lot of not sitting at a desk all day. And it also advocates uh, strength training, and that's only uh, a couple days a week. And it's um, that's primarily bodyweight exercises like push-ups, squats, pull-ups, mm-hmm. um, planks, and things like that. Yeah. And then once in a which while, is pretty much what I do. Yeah. And once in a while, you have the uh, the sprinting, which is that sort of that good sort of stress. So yeah, the the barefoot thing sort of stems from the same uh, mindset. And for me personally, it was the same sort of thing as the diet, where I never I hated running until I tried doing it barefoot, and it just to me, it's just like the diet. Again, it makes it makes sense to me because when you are wearing sneakers, and we don't have to get too much about the specifics of the, the mechanics of barefoot running, but when you run with sneakers on, you tend to reach uh, with your heel and you tend to have a longer stride. So your heel tends to hit the ground first 
and then you roll over the sole of your foot and then push off of the ball of your foot. When you're um, barefoot, it's the complete opposite. You tend to take shorter strides and you land on the middle or the forefoot. And to me, that makes a lot more sense because if you try it, like if you just tried standing, just standing up, and if you if you lift your toes off the ground and balance on your heels and try to bounce up and down, it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and if you try doing the opposite and getting on the balls of your feet, like on your tiptoes and bouncing up and down, you can feel that your shock absorbers are not in your heels. Mm-hmm. They're in the front of your foot, in the balls of your feet. Mm-hmm. And when you wear sneakers, your heel hits the ground first, and that's why, and that causes the impact of hitting the ground to travel up into the shin and into the knee, which in, which I think is why a lot of runners have um, eventually developed knee problems or shin splints or things like that. And mm-hmm. I have, I've never uh, encountered that with barefoot running because you're landing um, on your natural and your body's natural shock absorbers. And it just, yeah. uh, it just sort of makes sense and it feels more comfortable and it's more fun uh, because you're, you know, you're barefoot and you're feeling free and, and one with nature and all that. One one thing I like to you know I like to say is if you want to learn how to run properly, watch a three year old. Yeah, right. Watch a three year old run. Watch a four year old run, especially if you you know if they're if they're running you know around barefooted, right? Yeah, definitely. just watch them run. Um, and there you go. That's how you run properly, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is not really rocket science. It's really just relearning what we trained ourselves out of. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and you can feel it because when you, even if you're, if you run, you know, say you run a hundred feet with sneakers on, and then you take shoes off and you run back barefoot, you can feel the nat- your gait, your running gait changes naturally because mm-hmm. you're barefoot, and you'll start to emphasize because. You don't want your bare heel bone to be striking the ground that hard. So right. your body naturally adjusts to land where you're supposed to land. Right. So do you, uh, curious, do you run completely barefoot? Are you doing, uh, you know, barefoot running shoes like five mm-hmm. and five figures or, or things like that? Because, uh, you know, in an urban environment, you know, unlike our paleo ancestors didn't have to worry about stepping on grass right. um, or, or stepping on glass, um, mm-hmm. you know, we do. So, uh, you know, what, uh, what are you using to protect your feet? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, if you have a, an environment uh, like a you know a field where there you know there aren't too many rocks or anything, um, running barefoot or really barefoot is great. But obviously, you're not always going to have those perfect conditions. So yeah, I definitely use uh, Vibram Five Fingers, Vibram or Vibram, and um, I have. There's a bunch of different models now. They seem to be coming out with models uh, a couple times a year, and I have the the KSO models, which stands for Keep Stuff Out. Yeah. And each model is tailored for a different uh, sort of sport, supposedly. But the KSOs are really great. They're kind of like one of the most versatile models. They have mm-hmm. the strap that goes over the top, and they keep stuff out so you can run on the beach and things. And uh, they're really great. Some pe- I know some people are averse to having things between their toes. Um, but for me, they're, they're extremely comfortable. And uh, I've had my pair for a couple of years now, so they last a long time. And, and uh, they allow me to run uh, on pavement um, without having to worry about rocks and things. And it's, it's good because you can still, you're still sort of in tune with the ground. I mean, it's not like running in sneakers where you can't tell when you step on, uh, things, you can still definitely feel that you're barefoot and you can feel, you know, if you land on a rock, you're going to feel it. It's not going to hurt your skin because you'll have that protective sole. Um, 
but they're they're very good. They're a great product, and I recommend them if anybody wants to uh, to go barefoot running. So you know, just to wrap up here, um, mm-hmm. where can you know people find you and get in touch if they got more questions about this stuff? Number one, uh, number two, I just wanted to mention you're you're doing all sorts of interesting things, uh, both Thank at your you. site. You know, you've got these thirty day experiments you've been doing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are which are all very interesting, um, uh, and uh, I know you, you recently had. Oh, geez, well, you just ended an experiment, and you just began a new one. You say yeah, you begin well, them every month, right? What, well, what what I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask. What remind me again? What what was the one you just ended, and what's the one you're in now? Well, uh, I think what you're referring to is I'm treating 2012 as sort of the year of the habit. Which yeah, plenty, uh, plenty bloggers have have done, I'm sure, in the past and are continuing to do. But basically, what I'm doing uh, for this year is trying a different habit uh, every month. And um, so far, it's been going pretty well. I stopped biting my nails in uh, in February, and I started flossing every day in January. And uh, last month in May, I uh, experimented with tracking all of my finances, which yes. I did using using an iPhone app called Saver. Uh, which was a very uh, enlightening experience. And um, the the premise behind it is that if you try to, if on December 31st you decide, okay, I'm going to be a completely new person and be totally awesome starting tomorrow, it's probably not going to work out. And that's, I think, why I re- uh, the reason why a lot of people end up not fulfilling their uh, their New Year's resolutions. So instead, I decided just to take one thing and focus on one habit uh, every month. And uh, it's been going really well so far. Uh, I haven't succeeded in instilling all the habits. In March, I tried to read every day, which just did not work out, uh, you know, for scheduling and, and life reasons, uh, as things tend to happen. Um, and this month, um, this month, I'm kind of doing something a little bit different because it's a little bit, it's a little bit more vague and a little bit more abstract. But I'm trying something called no wasted days, where I try to uh, try to really to to get something done in the sense of working towards where I want to be. Um, and I'm going under a bit of a transition right now because I just, uh, moved out on my own, moved into a, a place with a friend. And, um, this is part of the, what my website kind of talks about a lot is trying to mm-hmm. figure out who you are and sort of dealing with that quarter life crisis, uh, sort of thing where you're, you're growing up and you're trying to establish yourself and establish your identity. And, uh, mm-hmm. so in the month of June, I'm trying to, um, make sure that every day I ask myself, what am I going to do today? That's going to help me be the person that I want to be and get to the place uh, that I want to get to eventually uh, yeah. so that I don't uh, get overwhelmed with, you know, who am I? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 25 and I don't have any direction in my life and, and uh, that sort of thing. So, so that's the thing. So, so where, where is this site? Uh, do the plug now. Yeah. My, um, my website is called, called quarter life enlightenment and, uh, you can go to quarterlifeenlightenment.com or you can just go to andrewmarvin.net. It's M A R V I N.net. And, uh, that's kind of my, um, it's my blog. Uh, the, the tagline is finding inner peace through simplicity, technology, perspective, and other means. And, um, it's what we believe in. Yeah, kind of like I said, it's just um, inner peace was something that uh, my philosophy professor introduced to me in college. And it's sort of this ideal state where you have no wants or desires or fears or worries, and you're just kind of content um, with the way things are. And because 
um, it's very difficult to achieve a hundred percent perfect piece. Uh, the blog is kind of just little ways or big ways even of thinking or, uh, living or eating or, uh, anything really that sort of helps me maintain that sense of inner peace, even in, if it's in some small way. Uh, Very cool. So. And you have a new a new podcast that you're doing I as well. I do have a new podcast. It's very exciting. Uh, it's uh, Crush on Radio, which is a music podcast. I'm a huge music fan. And uh, it's not really um, – actually, it is kind of – it does fall into my, uh, into my website's uh, topics because inner, uh, music is a huge source of inner peace for me. Um, and uh, Crush on Radio is the, the new podcast that I'm doing with Richard Anderson, who writes sandspoint.com, and Matt Keeley, who writes kittysneezes.com. And they're both great guys and very knowledgeable, probably more knowledgeable than I am about music. And uh, what we tend to do is we tend to each have a pick uh, during the week so that we'll talk about an artist that we're recommending and then we'll sort of have a general music discussion topic at the end. So it's going really yeah. well. We're having a lot of fun with it. And people can uh, find that at crushonradio.com. So. Yeah, I've taken a listen. This is actually really good. Thank you um, very much. <laughs> and, and, and I think I have you to blame for getting me addicted to these darn uh, uh, classic album. Uh, things. Oh, they're so good, aren't they? I know we talked about, uh, you actually beat us to it because uh, you guys talked about Steely Dan a couple episodes ago on Enough, and yeah. uh, that was one of my picks, uh, I think, on episode four, I believe, of Crush yeah. on Radio, where we talked about Asia, and uh, which is a great record, which we can save for another day. Yeah, but I mean, we've, we've you know, so so now I've I've gone through and watched... <laughs> Watch the U two Joshua Tree one, which is mm-hmm. which is excellent. The Duran Duran one, which was surprisingly good, um, yeah. uh, about Rio. Um, I mean, the, all of these things are just great, and I blame you for uh, hours of my time being uh, <laughs> being taken. Uh, by oh, you're welcome. Things. Yeah, I've only uh, watched a couple of them. I've, I know I've watched the Frank Zappa one, the Steely Dan one, Fleetwood Mac, and uh, probably uh, the Rush documentary was very good. Um, yeah, but yeah they're, they're great. I've got the Fleetwood Mac on deck. That's going to be my next one. They they do rumors, right? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot for for coming on and uh, and chatting with me about this stuff, Andrew. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a a much more a much much less cynical approach, I think, to the whole mm-hmm. paleo thing. Now, yeah, my so. pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me on, and uh, yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity. Very cool, and Mike, thank you as always for no, sitting thanks, back guys. and uh, taking care of the of the helm. I've just been listening; it's interesting right. as always. Thanks so much for joining us, Andrew. It's been no a pleasure problem. having you on. Anytime, guys. Thanks, and we'll chat later. We will. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>